0: Hi, I'm Scott Carson of Rogers Sportsnet, TV statistician on all Blue Jays games, and you are watching Red White and Blue Jays.
1: Welcome to
0: Red, White and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling
1: their stories. And now, here's the host of Red, White and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter. Hi guys, welcome to another edition of Red, White and Blue Jays, great to have you with us and it's a very warm welcome today to today's guest, really excited to be able to Uh, chat to somebody uh, who we probably hear about a lot, but not directly, or certainly his influence uh, we hear a lot about. So a very, very warm welcome to uh, Scott Carson. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for spending a bit of time with us. How are you doing, Uh, sir?
0: I am doing great today. Uh, On a week off here to kind of uh, refuel before this big stretch run. And uh, after last night's uh, doubleheader sweep of... uh, Baltimore, I'm feeling really good today.
1: Excellent. Just as a means of introduction for, for people who won't be perhaps so familiar with your name, can you just give me a little pricey in terms of your role? Let, let's get that out up front so everybody knows who you are and what you do. And then I'd love to just sort of rewind the clock and uh, just hear a little bit about how you came to do what you're currently doing. So if you're able to give me just a, a summary of your current role, that would be fantastic.
0: Certainly. So, uh, when you're watching uh, Blue Jays games on uh, Sportsnet, any information that you see on the screen, graphics, lower thirds, what have you, that comes through me. It starts uh, early in the morning when we recompile all the stats from the night uh, uh, before. And uh, basically, my job pregame is to make sure that everything's in place for the game statistically. And then we uh, build graphics. And then once the game starts, uh, and we've handed off the uh, show, statistically graphically to the TV mobile, then my job is to research. So I listen to either Dan or Buck or Tabby, and when I think that I can add uh, information, then I will do that. So if they're talking about Bobichet, I'll be researching as they speak, and if I can give them a nice little nugget to sound them make them sound super smart. I'll slide it to them and, uh, they use that. And that's, uh, that's what I I like the most when I can add to the broadcast. Keep in mind, I work with some very smart, savvy baseball men. And, uh, if I can add uh, something that really makes me feel good, because that's why I'm there to, uh, inform infotain, as I like to say, uh, the viewers. And so, uh, Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I say, it starts about 9 a.m. here in uh, Ontario and uh, doesn't really end until I've driven home. So it's it's a full day's work. But after uh, 30 years, I know the drill. So nothing really uh, surprises me now. I am surprised when they're in a playoff spot like this because I was very lucky. My first year was ninety three. They won the World Series. I thought it was going to be like that all the time. Well, <laughs> there's been uh, more downs and ups, but we are on the upswing again. So it makes going to work every day loads of fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, what an amazing job. I, I think for any any baseball fan uh, who has any sort of inkling towards the statistics of the game. And because and baseball is one of the most Statistically related sports, I can imagine. I, you know, certainly in terms of uh, over here in the UK, cricket, I guess would be sure. sort of akin to the level. But yeah. I don't even, I don't even think with cricket we get to the to the in depth stuff that you do with with baseball. But nope. uh, yeah, uh, uh, amazing. And, and I want to just dive into your thirty years of of doing what you do. Um, but before we start, I, I just want to just say I, I'm trying to rival you behind me. Understood. bobblehead collection and i i'm just looking at yours there and, and it's unlike in the lighting on your bobblehead collection that looks very smart I, mean, I think i might need to upgrade a bit
0: yeah it's uh i actually what what you're seeing uh behind me here is is only a uh uh a third of what i actually have because over on top of my filing cabinet more bobbleheads over over to my right here are all action figures that i've gotten either as giveaways at the ballpark or what I've bought because you have to keep in mind before I took this job I'm a Jays fan first and foremost that's why I like to tell a lot of people that this isn't really a job it's been a well-paid hobby for many many years like I remember running home from grade school to see the first Blue Jays game April 7th seventy-seven running in my mom, who was a huge baseball fan also. And, uh, she was watching the game. And I, I remember just being transfixed, looking at the screen exhibition stadium with its, with its, uh, deep green AstroTurf. And, uh, yeah, I, it's like, I was hooked. Well, I've been watching, uh, baseball as a kid since about, uh, the time that I was, uh, like six or uh, seven, like I remember early world series, uh, Cincinnati Reds and the big red machine, like I, I was a fan of them. And then I was the Detroit Tigers fan before we got the uh, Jays. And then once we got them, I was hooked. Uh, I wasn't like one of those uh, uh, millions of fans that claimed they were they were at the first game. I'm not going to say that. I wasn't there. I ran home from school that day to watch that first game. But I was was at their fourth game. So, uh, I, you know, right from the start and then um, after that, I actually worked for the Blue Jays as an usher at Exhibition Stadium when I was uh, 19, 20 and 21. It was a great job for a fan because you showed uh, people to their seats, but you got to watch the game for free and get paid. It was only $50 a day back then, like it was a mere mere pittance. But, uh, you know, just to be a part of that scene and actually uh can i show you a cool uh photo here if of you course
1: yeah and no, absolutely yeah. love to see that
0: yeah so here's me as an usher with ha. ernie witt that's from 1982 oh amazing so, let's see if the light's not too bad yeah so i mean it's it's been a long time since uh i've been around this team and then uh Luckily, my high school football coach, Doug uh, Kelcher, was the original TV stats man. And I was in my last year of high school and uh, wasn't sure what I was going to do with my life. I I was just I didn't know. Well, he brought me down to a game because he knew that I was a huge Jays fan. And I knew at that moment what my uh, focus was going to be. Moving forward, so went to college, took radio and TV in uh, Toronto. Uh, went from there to uh, a brand new TSN, which is Sportsnet's uh, main rival. Uh, did my internship there, uh, and went right into there. And as as I like to say, never had to play in the minor leagues. I went right into sports TV. And that was '85, uh, and then eight years later, I luckily got. The job that I've been looking for my entire life, and the rest is history, and it's been a great run.
1: Ah, that's extraordinary. So, so in terms of your your growing up, watching baseball yourself, did you play? Was it something that you were uh, yeah. uh, involved in yourself? Uh, and, yeah. uh, and what sort of level did you play up to? Was it just uh, high, school, high school stuff?
0: Yeah, I I, I uh, played local uh, baseball uh, through the end of my teens, and then I played once. Uh, season in what was known as the Lebat Major League. It was for guys 20, 21, and 22. I played one year there, but unfortunately, uh, it needed to work. So uh, uh had to stop playing, miss it terribly. I ended up playing what we call here slow pitch, uh, yeah. men's and women's, on a uh, Sunday night for one year, but it just wasn't doing it for me. And then, like I say, I had to work, so... I started working and then started working uh, towards this job. So, uh, yeah, I, I've always played baseball, always loved it, played uh, catcher to start, played a little third base, played some uh, center field. And, uh, yeah, lifetime Jays, or uh, baseball fan. And, uh, like, you know, the funny part is when I was about eight, this was back uh, before you got every game on TV, we only used to get two games a week. Wednesday nights, we got to watch the Montreal Expos. And then Saturday, we got from the U.S., the NBC Game of the Week. And I just always had a, uh, uh, a version for keeping score. And I used to take like a piece of graph paper and make a crude score sheet and keep score of the games. Always did that. And so to mm-hmm. do this now, you know, I'm looking down the barrel of 60 now. So it's been 52 years of keeping score of games. It like uh, it's, uh, it's been an absolute love of mine for as long as I can remember. And, you know, being able to do things like go to, uh, spring training with them first as a, as a fan. And then late, like when we went down this year to do eight games, it was like we hadn't done that in a long time, but it was Shelf. so nice because it's still cold here in uh, Ontario. and You know, to go down to Florida was, you know, it's just great because you wake up in the morning, games are early, so then you got loads of time after after games to walk the beach, what have you, grab a pint, and uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I absolutely love it, as you can tell. Uh, it's totally,
1: not been it? a job for a long time that's amazing I, I, we love spring training here as well because it, yeah. all, all the lunchtime games means that i get in from work and uh you oh, know, perfect, yeah. and, and when it's been broadcast we can catch a lot of the of the live action which is which is fab fab here so you you, you mentioned that you were a uh, tigers fan uh for a season or you watch the tigers at, is that quite a common occurrence particularly in ontario where you know you're so close to detroit
0: yeah and uh uh uh, the thing was uh we didn't even know that we were going to get a uh, major league team here until late uh 76 if if you you remember uh labat's brewery almost bought the san francisco giants at the start of the 76 season but that fell through and then they got an expansion team but uh before that like like my uh i was a huge uh tigers fan because one of their relief pitchers when i was a kid actually grew up in scarborough ontario east end of uh toronto and uh i actually played against the same team that uh that he grew up uh playing i think he's about five years older than me but it was always great i played for uh, a team called heron park and it was always great when we would play scarborough village because. John Hillard played there. So it was a big deal to me. So I became a, a Tigers fan and went to my first ever major league game with my mom and dad. we were going on a uh, trip and uh, to make me go because I've I been uh, 13 at the time and I'm like, I don't want to go on a trip like this. But uh, they said, OK, my dad knew somebody uh, in the airplane uh, business that could get us. Uh, tickets to see the Tigers at Tiger Stadium against uh, the Boston Red Sox. And that was like, you know, Jim Rice, Fred Lynn. Yeah, real good team. So that was my first game. And then uh, uh, the next year we got the Jays and just that was it.
1: Yeah. I, I, and amazing memories. You, you talk about coming home, uh, running home on the first day, the Jays played at Exhibition Stadium. Of course, that was the snow game, wasn't it? Where yeah. Just how I you mean, just I—I I guess you wouldn't see it now. They wouldn't do it in those sort of conditions. But uh, it was just welcome to baseball in Canada. This is how we do yeah. it. <laughs> and, and your memories of Exhibition Stadium—it was quite a quirky place, wasn't it? In terms of its setup, it was, it was well, trying it was to be sta- all things to all men type stadium. It was
0: a—it uh, was originally built for CFL uh, football, Toronto. Argos that was their home uh, stadium so it got basically cut in half by the fence if if you remember and do, like yeah. the, the scoreboard that we had was like way down the end of the end zone of the uh, of the uh, football field so it, it, it was quirky the seats didn't point towards home plate at all you had to shift I mean we, we used to always go down and sit in the uh, bleachers because back then uh, the bleachers cost $2 to get into the game. So we did that all the time. And, uh, it was loads of fun. It was a cold, damp stadium, uh, in the month of April and the month of, uh, September. I remember going to the, uh, game two of the 1985. ALCS against the Royals when we first made the, uh, playoffs. And it was like, we had, we had like parkas on and toques and every, like it, it was very cold, but, uh, everybody looks back at that stadium very uh fondly because that's where uh a lot of jays fans learn to uh uh follow the game basically right so i mean i i, I was actually uh going through a big uh, bin of stuff that you know you, as you can tell i collect loads of stuff and i found a uh a uh envelope full of old Uh, Ticket stubs, and I was going through, and it brought back loads of memories. Which I mean, everybody said it was a horrible place to go to a game because of the weather. Because that stadium was right on Lake Ontario, and when the wind was coming from the southwest, it just brought cold wind in that place. And so, like I've I've talked to Pat uh, Tabler a lot because he played there when he was with uh, Cleveland, and he said they used to hate. And they had to come up and play uh, Toronto in either April or uh, September because it, it, it was just so cold. And uh, yeah, fondness of that whole place, though. And then, like I told you before, I worked worked there for uh, two and a half years. And uh, yeah, Exhibition Stadium was uh, great memories in that place.
1: Yeah. And of course, when the Sky Dame was being constructed, I guess there was a massive amount of excitement moving oh, yes. moving into something that had a roof on it for starters uh but at the time it was built was i guess forward thinking in terms of yep. sporting stadia and and municipal use and all that sort of stuff uh, my my first visit was in 94 so uh i was just a couple of years after you started working there which is sure. an interesting parallel uh, storyline but um yeah so moving into to skydale what what was what was that like as a fan going from exhibition stadium into this new new ballpark
0: you couldn't believe it like it it wasn't you know for its time uh it it was the first stadium with retractable roof so we we were guaranteed guaranteed every game on time and you would be uh comfortable there's no doubt no doubt about that i was actually at the uh first ever game there and this was I'm glad that I'm speaking with you in England because uh, I brought a woman with me who's from England. And uh, we used to go to loads of games and um, she, uh, she learned the game pretty quickly and she in- enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I think she lives in Gloucester now, uh, Kay Raygate. Good friend okay. of mine, I've been speaking to her. She's been uh, uh, recovering from uh, uh, surgery. Lately, so I've been talking to her a lot. But uh she came to the first game with me and absolutely <laughs> loved it. And uh hi, Kay, if you're watching, and, yeah, tell, um,
1: tell her, yeah, absolutely, get her to watch yeah, it. Well, I, yeah, I mean,
0: when I get the link to this, I'm going to uh send it to her because I explained to her this morning that I was uh coming on your show, and she, and she was like, you know, as she talks, that's Brill. So uh, and <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah uh, Skydome, you know, it was a great place to watch games. And then once we started making the playoffs regularly and, uh, you know, I got to go as a fan 92, 93, because the um, U.S. networks took the games over once we got into the uh, postseason. So I was uh, very lucky to luckily saw um, all the World Series games, the playoff games. Uh, before that, I was at the Joe Carter game as a fan, which was uh, nothing will ever uh, top that. Like, I, okay. I, I've never heard a stadium absolutely roar for like half an hour after the game. And that like people were going bananas because when I was a kid growing up, throwing a ball uh, off the back wall in the backyard, at the end of the day, my team would win the World Series on a home run. And Joe Carter gave that with, uh, uh, to me. And when I, he worked with us for a couple of years in the early uh, 2000s. And one day it was just me, me and him up in the booth. And I said, Joe, I want to tell you a, a story. And I recounted about throwing the ball in the yard and then being called to come in for, for a supper. And uh, I'd say, Joe, every time that I was out there throwing the ball, my team, won the world series on a walk-off home run. And I said, you gave that to me, sir. And God bless you for that. And he actually had tears in his, his eyes. He, he said, Scotty, thank you. What a great story. So uh, yeah, it's, it's like uh, playoffs there, you know, uh, 15 and uh, 16, they were back in the playoffs and they almost made it the world series again. And then again, two years ago, but when uh, that place is full, and the Jays are in the uh, playoffs. It is a great place to watch uh, just rabid Toronto uh, fans. And So uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're kind of hoping, you know, they're only a half game back in the wild card right now again. And if they can vault up to the number one slot, we will get mm. home games there yeah. in uh, October. So fingers crossed on that because, yeah, we, we want them to make the playoffs obviously as fans but it would be way better if we could play at home because uh, I don't want to have to go to Seattle or Cleveland or Tampa mm. Bay. No interest in that. Let's, let's be the top team and then we can do it our way.
1: Yeah. You're absolutely right. As, as a, as a venue, when the yeah. roof is, when the roof is closed and it's full house. So I came across in 2016 um, okay it's uh, in the regular seasons so it wasn't postseason but regular season and sure. it was it was full at that point my foot my first game actually in 94 it was basically full the roof was open uh actually yeah. I was only f- only four days before the strike so I just got sure. in by the by my fingernails so i've be, I've been there when it has been full and it's been pumping and and the excitement levels obviously looking back I never experienced the the world Series wins I can only relive them. Uh, looking back on on those videos, and it was great the celebrations that we had the other day in terms of the ninety two World Series oh, yeah. wins. What was what was the momentum behind that ninety two team going into ninety three? Did did anybody really expect them to be able to repeat it so quickly? Um, and and still a, a relatively young franchise, um, you know, we're talking sort of fifteen years old, aren't we, from from their inception yeah uh, and to to finally get the World series ninety two what what was that mindset as you went into into ninety three with those those team uh, well, that team they, there?
0: they uh they turned over the roster quite significantly after the ninety two win uh you know uh jimmy key left uh dave steve was let go dave winfield left and but they but they replaced them because that was at a point in time in the game where uh, Toronto was a uh, uh, a destination to go and play if you were a uh, free agent, and and so you know we brought in the likes of Dave Stewart, Paul Molitor, like real pros, all stars, as it turns out, Hall of Famers, and so uh, you know, and they added to Joe and Robbie and all the great players that they already had, and so we certainly were expecting. Uh, that to be another long run. And it was. And when they made it back to the World Series, not that we expected it, but it was like, okay, let's do this again then. Because uh, nothing will beat 92. When they won the World Series in Atlanta, I had a big uh, party at my house and we had champagne and everything. And it it, it was like, I'll never uh, forget that. That's why when they just recognized the 92 team again uh last week you know i'm not going to lie to you when they were uh giving speeches and showing uh highlights and all those things i was tearing up because it uh brought back a flood of uh, great memories not as a worker on the scene that you know knows how this all works but just as a fan because you know yeah. as a lifelong fan you know to finally win the world series was was mind like they say they came so close in 85 their first try ultimately lost to the Royals only in my mind because they changed the ALCS from a five game series to a seven game because if it had been a five gamer we would have won that first round and gone on to the World Series to play uh, St. Louis and so uh, 87 that was tough lost all those games right at the end of the year Tigers. Uh, passes then we got back in the playoffs 89 and 91 didn't make it again but Robbie Alomar's home run off of uh, Eckersley uh, in the ALCS in 92 is what many of us think is the uh, most important home run ever now you can say well Joe's won the uh, World Series but I mean we wouldn't have gotten to the World Series Absolutely. without that one swing Yeah. And like, I remember because it was Thanksgiving here, my family and we had the game on. And when Robbie hit that home run, we jumped out of our chairs, high-fiving everybody in the room. Like it it was a big deal. And so, uh, yeah, those uh, 92 and 93 uh, seasons were like, I mean, I can say this. I always hope that they make the playoffs and go as far as possible, but for the rest of my life, they never won the world series ever again. Mm. I think I'm okay with that because saw the 92 one was at the 93 Joe Carter game. And uh, you know, like I say, if they had told me when I was a kid that we would win a world series on a walk-off, which is so rare. It's only happened, you know, home runs twice, Bill Mazeroski, 1960, Joe Carter. And so uh, yeah, yeah, loads of, Fond memories, and as I look around my room, yeah, every, everything in here is all Blue Jays, of course. Because except I have one wall because I'm a big Chicago Bears fan, Canada's okay. biggest Chicago Bears fan. And so my wife purposely painted the wall Bears blue. The other ones are all Blue Jays blue, little lighter color. And I have a little shrine to the Bears too. But this is That's my nice office, story. and when we have uh, friends over and stuff, uh, ultimately somebody says can we go see your office? And I go, sure. Cause you know, I got bats and balls and everything. So That's it's, fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, like I say, I've been blessed and I, uh, you know, really the hardest part of my job is to travel. And now yeah. that we're back traveling again, cause we didn't travel for almost two years there. And I got kind of used to being at home. My wife certainly did because she's a very uh, patient woman who, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm basically home for only half the summer, and so when I uh, told her that I had to start to uh, travel again, she wasn't exactly happy. Oh, but yeah. she understands, you know, you know that we have a we have a nice life because of what I have to do. And so I just said, "Sorry, dear," but I always make sure that every October, when everything's done, because I used to work on hockey uh, in the off season. Not as much as this, obviously, but uh, haven't done that for three years now. So I'm basically semi-retired and uh, she loves it now because, you know, I'm home uh, the whole winter and when she comes in from work, dinner's cooking and she can smell it. So it's just those little things in life, right? So, I mean, she's she's a very, very patient woman. Uh, God bless her for that because uh, not a lot of women could handle their husband having a job where they're not home very much so uh yeah so we're looking forward to the end of this year uh might have to do some uh playoff games fingers crossed on that and then uh she takes two weeks vacation when that's done and we go places either uh the caribbean or uh europe or whatever that's that's uh her reward for her her uh unending uh patience
1: Absolutely. And, and you said to me just before we started recording that she actually isn't a sports fan as well, which, yeah. which is extraordinary with the job that you're doing and the amount of time and energy that that takes to, to, to well, do and, that.
0: And what makes it good for me, because, uh, you know, I grew up down in uh, Toronto and uh, we, we now live about a 45-minute drive up the highway. And so it means that when I get home, and this is the God's honest truth. She's never said to me, what happened in the game today? Because she doesn't care. And that, and that and that's perfect because my 45-minute drive when I can turn off the post-game show, because I usually listen to that, obviously, because yeah. I'm driving. But once it gets to a certain point, I put music on because I'm a huge baseball fan, but my real passion is for music. And so I listen to music, windows down, breeze Blowing through the car, and by the time that I'm home, like I've I've had uh, somebody call and say, "What was the score tonight?" And I've it I've it's flown out of me so well during the drive and listening to music that I love to listen to. I go, I got to think about that, and I'll go uh, uh, five to two. And uh, so it's uh, it's uh, yeah. So, um, yeah,
1: it's, it's
0: just a. It's just been so much fun, and uh, yeah, and I love baseball uh, stats too. So I mean, this has been this has been yeah. a dream for three decades now.
1: Yeah, uh, I, Scotty, it just oozes out of you your love for what you're doing and yeah. your pa- passion for the team, and and your love for your wife. It's just you know what a, what a combination there, sir. You've got it down. Got it down oh, to a say, team.
0: Like I say, I've been unbelievably blessed for so long now that. The little things in life wash off me now I don't complain about very much now yeah. so uh yeah it's 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 been a as they like to say it's been a hell of a ride
1: yeah absolutely let's let's um just have a chat then about uh the gentleman that you have been working alongside over all these years yeah uh, I was just thinking as you were talking about um Joe Carter's um walk off Homer in the 93 World Series uh and uh, of course the touch of more Joe commentary line H- how quickly did that one was, was were people aware of that or did that just become iconic sort of no it
0: it it seems like the uh uh the touch ball joe call was from the late uh tom cheek on the yep. radio on, like on the
1: radio yeah
0: like uh, they they tend to play back on tv the uh the uh us network call on those games but i mean when i think of the joe carter home run i hear tom cheek touch them all joe it's it's one of the most iconic uh home run calls in the history of uh major league uh, baseball like i've they've played that on the mlb network when they you know during the uh playoffs they'll they'll do you know great calls and that's usually in like you know the top five and it is and it's not because uh we knew tom and loved tom that like that 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 flowed out of him organically that wasn't like written down on a card and he said well if he hits a home run here i'm going to say this no that that like uh all of the blue jays uh, commentators that that i've worked with and it's been dozens now because you have to remember blue jays used to play play on three networks at the start when i started and i oh. worked for all three of the networks cuz i left TSN before the 93, uh, season and had to go what they call freelance. Cause I had to work for everybody. Cause it made no sense, no sense to be traveling to Oakland and have me there with one network and then fly in other people. I mean, that's just a waste of money. So it was always, I worked for everybody. So that was always good. And I, you know, I've worked with some of the greats over the years, Don Chevrier, uh, was, uh, was one of the original, like on the, on the first uh ever game he was the commentator on that game so chevy was a great guy god bless him he's uh left us but uh, uh yeah and like our our current current crew of guys dan showman buck martinez pat uh, tabler i've worked for these these guys with these guys for three decades now and we're all mm-hmm. uh, fast friends uh Dan Shulman is one of the best in the business. It doesn't matter whether he's calling Blue Jays or uh college uh basketball for um uh, ESPN. He's he's like considered one of the best across oh, the absolutely. board.
1: Absolutely. It's brilliant.
0: And the funny thing about Dan is that before he got into broadcasting, he was actually uh he was uh an actuary, a man who does stats for a living. So I can't sneak anything past him because when, when when he sees the raw numbers and if i'm off by uh one on the average or whatever he smacks me on the arm and goes and writes it down real quick like oh yeah like brilliant with numbers and now he's become brilliant with the uh, analytics too like he understands those uh like very few certainly me i'm still old school and still trying to wrap my head around that uh mm-hmm. Worked with Buck right from the start um, as a because um, he was the analyst on uh, TSN games then, and then he left us to become the manager for that little while, which was great. To, like, you have no idea how cool it is when the manager of the team is a friend of yours. Yeah. Because, absolutely. you know, after working with him for so long, Walk down to the field which i can because i have an all uh, access uh, pass and then stop with him and say hey skip what's up and he's you know he has a conversation with you know he say how's the family like it was it was beyond cool you know to to actually be a friend of the manager and then i was very lucky to become a friend with john gibbons who you just had on the show and that story is actually interesting because we were in line about Four people apart during his first year as a full-time manager uh in a Manhattan hotel, trying to get out to Yankee Stadium. And my car rolled up and I turned and said, Hey John, you want to share a cap? So he uh, that that was the first time that we ever ever spoke. And to have him uh there with me for like a half-hour drive, and the great part was we got to know each other. We talked about everything except baseball which was nice to get to know the person and so when we got to yankee stadium we got out he turned to me and in that gibby voice said scotty real real great to meet you you were way different than i thought you were and from that day (laughs) forward we were uh fast friends and that's why it was like that was my little joke just because i knew that if you said to him scotty carson asked this question he would like that and so uh
1: yeah he did he did he, he oh, couldn't yeah. quite he couldn't quite get the serrano pepper he was thinking he was thinking hard but yeah he loved the fact that you'd uh you'd put a question into him but yeah, yeah I mean, he- so uh
0: getting back to working with our our guys right now like i say we've all become fast friends we all have grandchildren now and all, all those things like we we, we share in each each other's lives, which you would do when you're with certain people every day for, for uh, six months of the year. Right. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, we have nothing but fondness for uh, each other, which has been good because I couldn't imagine being on this job and not getting along with somebody that you're around every day. That's never been the case. And uh, that's another, uh, Uh, blessing because uh you know like when you walk in you know you smile you shake hands how you doing today and you start your day again so uh great guys to work with always like to work with ex-players as a fan too you know I mean I've uh, that's always been a thrill because I mean I've worked over the years with like I said Joe Carter or Rance Melnick's, Jesse Barfield John Cerruti the late John Cerruti and uh yeah it's it's you know once again as a fan it's like this is so cool that this person's my friend. So that yeah. that makes the job loads of fun also.
1: Yeah. You, you talked about uh, Tom Cheek and, and obviously Jerry Howarth uh, yeah. came alongside him as well. And uh, certainly a lot of my formative years in listening to the Jays, um, again, because of the lateness of the evening games here, I'd yeah. often, you know, put me my earphones in and listen to the radio broadcast and uh, listen to, to Jerry. Do, do you, do you feed into the into the radio booth as well with your statistics or is it just on the TV side?
0: No I've been uh, doing that for years, especially with the advent of emails where you just click one person's name and you can send them everything that you've done on the uh, TV side and like I do that now especially because Ben Wagner has to work by himself which I like I, I was driving home from the airport flying home from pittsburgh yesterday and i turned on the game of course and listened to ben and he, he has to call the games by himself so i give him everything that i give uh our guys and i also put together little lists for him because he needs to talk for like three hours straight all by himself yesterday i thought i thought to myself like i uh uh sent along to him yesterday extra stuff because you know six hours of uh commentating on a on a game so and it, he, he's always been very appreciative of that and it, like i say i just have to click on his name when i'm doing emails and he gets everything that we get because different audience right i mean absolutely the audience doesn't have the game on the radio radio people are usually in the backyard or they're at the cottage they're in the car that's a different crew and so uh just try and give ben as much as i can and i did that before for uh jerry because uh jerry and i uh, became really good friends over the years like i i can honestly say we are great friends and so uh i miss him not uh doing the games because he he was a great guy and uh, you know and he always appreciated everything that i did for him because on the uh on the radio side they don't have a stats guy they have to do all their own stuff and so uh i've never had any problem helping out those guys because we all work for the same company too the same man signs our checks so why wouldn't i I help it out because it's a it's a company thing so uh yeah that jerry and now ben has it's been a real pleasure and uh uh before that joe uh siddle also worked worked with Mm. them who's who's on our uh our pregame, another great baseball guy, a Canadian baseball guy, which, you know, uh, yep. I remember um, on Canada Day this year, it was uh, it was Dan and Joe and me in the booth. And I realized because I really thought hard and I said, that was the first time that we've done the Canada Day broadcast in the red jerseys with an all Canadian crew like yeah. that. was That was a big deal. And I I uh, mentioned that uh, to him. And then I, uh, had a post on uh, Twitter explaining just that, like this was yeah, the first day. you yeah, know, and, and, and that was, uh, really neat. Joe's, uh, Joe's one of us now. Cause you know, uh, does uh, the TV side does a little bit with us and he's certainly on, uh, most of the uh, pregame, uh, shows and stuff. So, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, I send him things too, because different, uh, different side of the game because they're doing more analyzing things and we're not doing the actual nuts and uh, bolts of the game as it happens. So uh yeah, it's it's it's, it's a great group, you know. It, it's a really great group. So and and now we're thrilled that uh Buck is back to active uh, duty again mm. because uh when when he uh, revealed to us that uh he had uh, cancer and was going to have to uh step away, it 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 rocked us so when he finally came back the ovation at at the Rogers uh, Centre that day was like it was it was a beautiful thing and i know that it meant loads to him and so we're yeah. glad to have him back like i say i've been working with him for 30 years and so uh um, yeah,
1: yeah great bunch of people to work with yeah and, and that definitely comes across i i was going to say it was going to be remiss of us not to to mention both Buck and Jamie, of course with yeah. his his treatment as well, yeah. and uh, I think I think for both of them, when the news broke, uh, you, it, I think it did shake people. I think you know when yeah. you, for fans like us watching in, watching familiar faces, they feel like friends and they feel like family because uh, yeah. we because we see them every day, uh, and so when you hear that sort of news, it is it does take you back and makes you think uh about life and uh all those sort of things so it's it's great to see you know buck and i thought particularly the other day when they did the stand up to cancer and, and i know they did yeah. uh the the, the the camera on you guys in the booth and uh yeah. that, that that was a that was a great moment
0: yeah that was uh yeah and uh, like uh when we were doing our science buck wasn't in the booth and I turned to to uh, Tabby and I said well this is what I'm doing and he says well that's what I'm doing and so it was uh it was neat and then they they showed us and I I know that Buck uh I could tell that he was yeah. not overwhelmed but he was
1: he was touched by that yeah he could feel it in
0: in his heart and like you know the one thing about our team being the only team in uh, Canada is that we get the whole country and I think by that extension we get the whole world outside of the united states because you know a lot of people don't like the u.s for various reasons but our team in canada being you know thought of so well in europe after world war ii and all that stuff like i i see i see all kinds of postings from yourself from belgium yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. i've seen stuff in australia like that's we're like a worldwide team almost and so when something happens to uh people that are in your household on a daily basis a lot of people uh felt that and it was just nice all the love that flowed back to buck and jamie that was uh that was really nice
1: yeah no it's fantastic to see right i do want to i do want to sort of have a little chat about about the Jays uh in terms of our current team and, and where we're up to uh great great game last night or the double header last night bo Bo doing exceptionally well so we'll talk about him in just a moment. I just want to do a little passing reference. We won't stay on it for too long in terms of the bat flip game. uh, yeah. uh you we were I mean obviously it was the American broadcast yeah. team that were in the game. Were you at the stadium that night the ballpark that night for that game? Uh,
0: no I was not I was watching the game at home actually. Because uh, if memory serves, that was an afternoon game, right? Uh, so no,
1: it was evening.
0: Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, it yeah. was.
1: Because it was about two thirty in the morning when the uh, the bat out. Oh, happened. that's right.
0: That's right. Yeah, and uh, I was watching that game, and you know that was back before nobody showed emotion like that. You know, what you know to flip the bat like that—that that was extremely rare. And then what ultimately ended up happening was the odor. Uh, punch in the jaw the next year. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's uh, like I was at that game. And when he uh, yeah, slid hard into to a second base after they had hit him purposely with a pitch. Yeah. I knew in my mind, I said to myself, something's going to go down here. And it yeah. certainly yeah. did. That was that was a brawl for the ages with, uh, you know, and that's why now when Odour rolls back into the yeah. Rogers Center he is absolutely despised and so uh yeah that that uh, the bad flip game was just one of those moments in uh franchise history which iconic and will uh like for uh this new generation of fans uh they absolutely love that like it's 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 a, i remember i'll tell you a great story um my niece got married the next year and we were at the reception when the uh, wedding party walked in she had her okay and as she got down to the end she threw it exactly like jose did and the place <laughs> roared and it, it was it was really funny yeah because she's part of that generation of fans right so uh and now i mean This game does not look like it did when I was growing up where there was, you know, certain rules and codes and all that stuff. You know, there was no home run jacket or home run locket or whatever you have. And uh, that's just a sign of the times. Remember MLB wanted to uh, to do that, uh, let the kids play thing, which, which they did. And so they're letting the kids play now and they're certainly letting them uh, look like they want to look with the, you know, the long hairs and the, tattoos and uh earrings and everything it's it's like it's it's representative of these times right it's got to sounding like me yeah you know like (laughs) like me no hair at all and uh it's like uh you know the game has changed but it's certainly brought in a lot more fans and that's the whole idea right like yes they do play this game to uh win uh championships but teams are teams to make as much money as they possibly can. And, and this has drawn in so many more fans. It, it's, it's brought in the fringe fans, actually, along with uh, analytics and stuff, right? I mean, these are the fringe fans that uh, really thought the game was boring, which it can be. I'm not going to sit here and say everything's, everything's great. But it's brought in a level of fan that didn't have interest in this game before this new time and so uh it is what it is i mean i'm yeah. old school like i say but i see what has happened and i'm not going to be so old that i'll say oh this is ridiculous no <laughs> time times change and so you you have to either evolve with that change or get run over by it and so yeah yeah uh, yeah that that bachelor game i, I remember thinking oh this is going to lead to something and. and Sure enough, it did. Uh, but now, guys are doing it all all through the game, and so uh, it's a different game now. No doubt about yeah.
1: that. Oh yeah, to- to- totally different. And I think every sport it, it evolves, doesn't it? You know, we- yeah. we've seen we've seen it here in the cricket. We've got this thing now called the hundred, which is a uh, hundred balls, uh okay. a- a- aside. Uh, and it, again, it's meant to be you know compared to the test match cricket game, which is over five days. It's sure. a long long drawn out game it might end in might end in a draw you know and and so it's a very different mindset so the hundred game is short sharp much more like baseball a bit more exciting for the kids and it's having to reinvent itself to make sure the next generation of fans continue to come along and I think I think not only is the game changing but I think also in terms of I mean the amazing work that's happened in in Rogers Centre this year in terms of the the screen and just all that stuff that's happening. And then again, and the reinvention of uh, the the ballpark as a whole or the redesign of the ballpark. Uh, How how excited are you to see the changes that um, Rogers are looking to make to the uh, the stadium?
0: You know, from the uh, artist renderings that we've seen in the uh, uh, the, uh, digital videos and stuff, I think it's going to look like a different a stadium. I love the raising of the uh, bullpens right up yeah. to the top, right where the fans are. That might be problematic if people have had one or two <laughs> too many pints. and holding off know, the WestJet
1: <laughs> flight deck. Yeah, yeah,
0: you never know. <laughs> but I mean, and what they're going to do to the 500 level, making it basically a, a patio up there, it's going to be very interesting. And once again, that's going to draw fans. Rogers center is going to be a destination as it were, you know, you're not doing anything this weekend. I don't want to go to the bar. Let's go.
1: Yeah. Let's go to the Rogers
0: center. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to see how this is going to go. The only fly in the ointment ointment though, is if, you know, the blue Jays have a long run and they have to play home games there. Yeah. Right. Right. Until November, that's going to take a month out of the, uh, the rent, uh, uh, re-rendering of you know the whole place so we'll see how it goes i mean w- w- it wouldn't be a bad thing if we made it all the way to the world series that's really uh first world uh problems then right and so uh yeah i, uh, I know for a fact that once that place is finally empty that's when all of these major renovations are going to happen and they're going to be up against the clock and that's why we don't start playing uh home games next year until we're uh 10 it's games ten, into the i was uh, gonna say
1: about 10 games in isn't it yeah because yeah.
0: they're they're gonna need all that time to get it ready to go so yeah.
1: we'll see okay so but, um postseason prospects this year uh we we're so close last year uh primarily with this core group of players obviously yep. jays have added in in a number of people over over the over the offseason then up to the trade deadline so close last year to getting in. And I think, what what was your take? If we had got in, how, how would you have fared our chances in the postseason last year?
0: I think it would have been the same as what happened in uh, 2020 it would have been a quick, uh, quick exit. Uh, okay. They, they, they were, they were just a little short and that's why they came up one game short. I mean, they, they, they're, you know, I mean, as, as good as Robbie Ray was last year, um we were we were just lacking in certain areas plus our core group of guys flatty and bo and uh the recently heated up kevin biggio that's a great sign because totally. I mean, yeah you know it, it was supposed to be the three of them and uh they're still still learning how to win here i mean they're they're still young men and so uh you know to uh, uh to get to the dance the you know, it, it's not a straight line. It's it's going to waver here and there. Now, what has happened recently, especially on the road? I mean, I'm going to throw the uh, Angels sweep out <laughs> because they had just come off of uh, seven up-tempo games at New York and Boston, and uh, they didn't get – I'm not making excuse, excuses about it, but, I mean, I know how I felt because – I was wiped out and I still had to go to work the next day. Well, I flew the next morning and went to work from the airport that day. I try not to do that because it makes for a super long day, but that's what happened. But they didn't get home to uh, uh, Toronto until like 3.30 in the morning. Yeah, so they yeah. probably weren't in bed trying to sleep until five o'clock-ish, I would think. And so I think certainly that first game when they had nothing and they they played very badly, on uh, defense and stuff, I think they were they were just worn out. There was a lot of pressure in those two East road games, road uh, series. And uh, and then, unfortunately, game two, Otani pitched. You're not going to get much out of him. And then I think by the third day, they, they were just mentally uh, tired. Well, they seem to have learned from that because they rolled back out onto the road and they've been clicking on all uh, cylinders here and Mm -hmm. so uh uh this is a good sign because i know they're only a half game out of the number one wild card slot which would mean a home game but at least they're playing well on the road now and Mm -hmm. uh extremely well on the road which which is going to come into play because if you're not one of the first place teams at some point you're going to be the road team in the majority of the playoff games just just the way that the whole system is set up. So, and uh, last year they just weren't good enough. And I, and I'm old school too, when it comes to this, because I saw the world series teams, right? That's what I want. I want the world series just to make the playoffs. Yeah. It's, it's great and all, but I want the whole enchilada again. I mean, it's, it's because uh, there's nothing like it. And, Unfortunately, our younger fans have never witnessed that. You can watch it on videotape and when it's on, on now the TV and stuff, but uh, like, it's fun when you win in the playoffs and start advancing, there's an uh, energy that seems to flow out of the ground for God's sake. And you feel great all the time. Like Mm. when we uh, 92 and 93 will forever be legendary because uh, like you know the one thing that a lot of people don't realize is just how intense those games are. Every pitch is intense. it's starting to feel like that now, like when I was driving home from the airport listening to Ben on the radio yesterday uh and uh that horrible strike call wasn't called, and then the <laughs> next pitch, sontown dare hit that home home run yeah. like I could feel the tension, and then luckily the those two games turned into Laffers, which is what they needed because they didn't have to pitch Garcia, Anthony Bass, or Romano Mm. in either of those games. So that'll be big uh, today's game with Mitch White going. It's You know, we have to hope that we can get him through the order twice and then hand the ball off to a very good bullpen. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're at a spot here again, though. Like, you can feel it like if if they were uh, knock on wood sweep the Orioles in these next two games, that knocks them back enough that hopefully those last three games in Baltimore again won't ha- have to mean anything because then you can set your rotation for the first round of the playoffs or whatever's happening and uh they need these next two because they can they can push uh and Orioles' team that in my mind has 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 uh overplayed I mean they they weren't very good last year now they're like eight games over uh five hundred or whatever it is and it's like this is a dangerous team because of the their new young guys like uh uh rutchman and this new uh gunner uh Henderson guy these kids look like legit yeah. and so uh we have a chance to push them back now and so like let's do it over the next two nights again. And we can put them farther into the rear view mirror. And then mm-hmm. all that you have to worry about is what's in front of you, which is the uh, Mariners and Rays. Because yep. nobody's going to catch the Yankees, even as bad as they played this year. They built up too much of a, uh, a cushion that's, uh, you know, I mean, I watched a uh, interview with uh, Yankees manager, Aaron Boone, the other year other day he started to look like a raccoon like you know the circles around his eyes Because like you can't imagine the pressure if they were to blow this because they were so far out in front that we thought they are home and cool well that's not the case right now because they're not playing well uh, they made some questionable trades at the trade uh, deadline and um, they've their lineup has shrunk a little bit because certain guys aren't Really hitting that well. Stanton, since he's been back, hasn't really hit well. Donaldson, who was a great player here, he's he's a mere shell of his uh, former self. So um, they can be had. Like I think that the the team to beat in the AL right now is Houston, and they just just yeah. brought up a new kid to start last night. looked like uh, well they showed uh, a split screen of him and Verlander, exact same motion, like it was uncanny. And I was like, oh, so these guys have another weapon. Houston's always been a very good team, regardless of that scandal. I mean, they've always been a good team. Yeah, they cheated. There's no doubt about that. But they always have great players. It's not like their cheating made average players, great players. They've always had great players. And we're lucky to have one of them in George I'd Springer. Like when he's healthy, he's as good a player as there is. And when he's healthy, he sets the tone and he's the engine of the offense too. So um, things are going to be interesting over this last, last group of games here, because like I say, it's starting to get a playoff feel to it, which is great. Certainly great when you're working on it because you're more locked in a, eh? like you're locked into every pitch. Cause when games get boring, your mind can wander. And then you're like, come on, lock back in on this. So uh, yeah, I'm. This will be a big game uh, tonight because Mitch White, as we've seen, looks like he might be a twice through the order guy. Certainly not a guy that's going to take you late into the games, but luckily our bullpen didn't get blown out yesterday, which it could have easily happened. And so, uh, yeah, let's go. Let's take these next two. And then it's on to, to, uh, Texas. And, uh, those non-playoff teams are dangerous to play because they play loose, right? That they, they're not going to make the playoffs and like, let's not look past uh, Texas into Tampa next week. Cause they're coming here. Another uh, double header in there. And uh, those are going to be yeah. some big games too.
1: Yeah. It's a big month, uh, you know, against the Orioles and against the Rays. Uh, one, one player that, uh, I think everybody has remarked how well he's done. Is Ross Stripling? Uh, yep. I mean, if, it, if he hadn't performed as well as he had, particularly with all the issues with Ryu and and, and so on, yeah, Uh we I think we'd be much further back. How how impressed have you been with Ross Stripling's performance this year?
0: Yeah, I. It was weird because during the start of the year, he was the twenty twenty one version of himself, yep. and then all of a sudden. Remember, he, uh, Ryu got hurt and they had to put him into the rotation in his slot. And since then, he's got like the fir- f- uh, fourth best ERA in the AL. Something clicked. Uh, I'm not sure what it was, but we're not worried at all when we look down. Oh, Ross Stripling tonight. Not worried at all. He's he's turned into a valuable member of that rotation. And uh, after Gosman and... Uh, Barrios like he's that that gives us certainly for the first round of the playoffs whether we're on the road or at home we can line up three guys there that can win that so that that's a really good thing Ross has been a great uh surprise because um before this stretch he was like hit and miss one night he looked great and then all of a sudden he'd give up a couple of hits and a home run and we'd be trailing and it was like this isn't what we need now but uh, he's very valuable right now for sure
1: yeah lots of lots of guys very valuable to us I mean let's really hope that they do hang on in there and, and so get, dope. yeah get get across the line because it's looked so positive for for large parts of the season I know we've yep. had Moments where it's been a bit streaky and we've had down moments, but we've had some very, very good moments. It's good to, to remember those. And uh, with the expanded playoffs, they've got every every chance of getting in yeah. there. Just as we come to a close, Scotty, um, just thinking about your wife and, and travel and stuff, how how would you like to see the Jays travel across to this part of the world as part of the MLB International Series? We've obviously got Cubs and Cardinals coming uh, next year. Yeah. I I remember
0: when I uh heard about that I th- thought to myself why not the Blue Jays?
1: Why not international
0: team uh Canada uh came from England originally back in the day and uh yeah I would love to see that because I think that the English fans don't really have a real affinity for you know the Cubs and the and the uh Cardinals but I would think that if if we came there to play, it 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 would be a big deal. So I would oh. love to see that happen. I hope it happens. I've not heard their name involved in these things because it's usually the uh, usual last uh, ups teams, uh, you know, Yankees, Red Sox, blah blah blah, Cubs, Cardinals, the established teams. But I th- I think there's more than enough of a following that uh, if the Toronto Blue Jays were to come to England to play a series. I think it would be a big deal and I'd be hey, I'd love to come back to England. I haven't been in England since nineteen eighty eight when I went to visit my aforementioned friend Kay. And uh I'd love to go back. I mean I, that would that would be out, out, outstanding. So I'll start to uh sniff around about that then. Yeah. Because like, like that- I say, haven't heard that, but uh I I would certainly Love to see it happen.
1: Yeah, I think I think uh, the only reference that I've heard from the Jays is Mark Shapiro made a sort of passing comment uh, when he was being asked about you know the international series, and he he said I think uh, so I'm paraphrasing but England would make sense for us to to go because yeah. of the connection, and and there is certainly a massive fan base here in terms yeah. of Blue Jays fans. Um, I've said to other other guests when we had the Yankees and Red Sox in 2019, yeah. um, b- beyond the fans that were represented for those two teams, most people are saying that it looked like the Jays were the next biggest represented fan base at those games, oh, no. yeah. uh, which um, I'm not surprised at all by. Uh, I just think the challenge is for MLB, whether it's a big enough sell to their audience yeah. To, to bring the Jays over. So while while we would support it wholeheartedly, I uh, just wonder whether there is a, a question mark in terms of what MLB feel. So we'll, sure. we'll see. But if it happens, come, come and have a beer. We'd love to we'd love to spend course, some time anyway. with you. Yeah. Ah no uh, Scotty, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I appreciate yeah. that we, we've gone on a bit longer than we, we said, but um it's so good just to hear your insights, your memories. And really. as, I said, as I said in the beginning, just hearing your enthusiasm and your love for what you do and for this team, it's infectious, sir. Well, thank
0: you. Yeah.
1: Now, great, great to see you. And we wish you well. Enjoy the rest of your season and yeah. all the travels. Travel safe. And uh, please give our regards to the guys in the booth. Uh, let them know how much uh, we enjoy listening to you all and what you, you bring to us over here in the, in the UK. We're, we're so grateful for that. We'll see you soon. Take care now. Okay.
0: Thanks very much. I had loads of fun
1: today. Thank you. That's great. Cheers. Bye-bye.
0: The Red, White and Blue Jays podcast is a production of Blue Jays Fans UK. If you've got a Blue Jays story to share, let us know. Email us at BlueJaysFansUK at gmail.com and follow along on Twitter and Instagram at BlueJaysFansUK.
1: I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening.